Spring into reading this season with the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Spring Reading Guide. In this season's guide, I've handpicked 21 of the best new books and I've organized them across six categories. So whether you're looking for a romance novel that will give you a happily ever after, a thrilling mystery to keep you guessing, or an immersive historical fiction book, this guide has a book or three or seven just for you. Now, if 21 books sounds like too much for you, there's a minimalist reads list in the guide, which includes a list of six must-read books from across genres. But wait, that's not all. The spring reading guide also includes fun recipes, spring activities and lifestyle tips. So head on over to springreadingguide.com and download your copy of the guide. That's springreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the 2024 spring reading guide. So download your free copy and discover your next favorite book. Happy reading! I'm Victoria from Biblio Lifestyle, and you're listening to the Reader's Couch Podcast, the show that will help you bridge the gap between living a full and busy life to one where you're reading, learning new things, and having fun. In today's episode, I'm sharing three author chats from the archive. One author has a gothic read, another a thrilling read, and our third author is sharing a witchy read. So, if you're looking for a gothic, thrilling, or witchy read that will give you all the vibes, then this episode is just for you. So stay tuned. Readers, welcome again to the Reader's Couch. I'm your host, Victoria Wood, and in today's episode, I'm sharing three author chats from the archive. Now, if you're an avid reality TV viewer, or maybe even if you're casual, today's episode is a filler episode. That's something that is often said in reality television. You know, not every episode is something new or groundbreaking or full of drama. You know, sometimes you need those filler episodes and that is what today is. It's a filler episode because over the past two weeks I've been away. First I was on break and then I had some family matters to take care of. Uh, But as for the break, it was great. If you're a member of the community, I know you've already seen the pictures. Um, So yeah, it was wonderful. But as a result of that two-week break, both for fun but also to handle some family things. Um, I had to cancel some interviews, so I had to push them. So that's the reason we are pulling episodes from the archive. So these episodes have never been heard on this feed. These were, these were all author chats I had before the Reader's Couch came to be. So I decided to pull them out and share them with you today. So in today's episode, we're sharing three chats from the archive. Like I said, one is a gothic read, one's a thrilling read, and the third author is a witchy read. So if you're looking for books with all the vibes, then today's episode is just for you. 
These author chats are abbreviated. I kind of cut them short just to kind of give you a little something something. And so I could drop an episode on the feed. So the first author that I will be sharing, this is the author with the Gothic read, is my quick chat with author Elizabeth Thomas. Elizabeth wrote Catherine House. This book was first published in 2020. And Catherine House is a prestigious university. So I know most folks kind of compare it to the secret history because it kind of gives you that vibe. Um, And this university is in a rural part of Pennsylvania. And we meet an undergraduate who joins this elite circle of students within the institution. But as she kind of dives deeper into the school and with this friend group, she realizes all the dark secrets um, that, you know, revolve around the school. The the curriculum you know, is a bit mysterious. And she starts to really question the true nature of this school. So this is a gothic debut. It has that literary suspense. And I think, you know, I think it's a really good one. I think it was a really great debut. I think this book is a great fit for readers of Ruth Ware in a dark, dark wood. So if you're fans of this book, give Catherine House a try. Also, Ninth House by Lee Bardigo. If you're a fan of that book, I think you'll enjoy Catherine House too. But anywho, I think I've said enough. I want you to hear from Elizabeth herself about her debut novel, Catherine House. So Elizabeth, tell us about Catherine House and what inspired you to write this novel. So Catherine House is a story of this cult-like college that's deep in the woods of Pennsylvania. And it's about this first year student who goes there and finds that this school has a kind of dangerous secret agenda. So it's kind of gothic literary suspense, kind of secret mystery is and uh, yeah, I think it's really fun, really exciting. And I'm excited for everyone to read. Well, I started writing it a couple of years after I had graduated from college myself, a, a college very different from Catherine House. Um, but the same in that it kind of um, pitched itself as this elite institution that, uh, you, you know, you go there and then once you graduate, your whole life is going to be kind of perfect and beautiful after that. And I found that um, after I graduated, so many of my friends and me, we looked back on that our years there with this kind of amazing nostalgia. We looked back and it was like, oh, my God, those were the best years of our lives. And it was almost kind of perverse how the power that it had there. And actually, when we were there, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't necessarily that great. And I thought it was so interesting that these institutions have this power and this weight in our lives. And so I was kind of playing with that idea. And then I was also thinking a lot of, about books I'd read as a little girl, kind of things like Jane Eyre and Rebecca, and all those really fun gothic mysteries. And I kind of wanted to play with that and the university setting and put them together to something really fun. I would say the scenes that I enjoyed writing the most are the scenes of friendship between Ina as the main character and her friends. I think there are a lot of scenes of um, it's almost the scenes in which nothing happens, the scenes where they just kind of are hanging out or like in, in someone's dorm or in one of the tea rooms and just like maybe drinking some wine and gossiping about some stupid thing. I think those scenes that are just kind of between anything else happening mm-hmm. really help create a sense of what makes um, colleges and those types of environments so much fun. And yeah, I think that those those were the most fun to write. It's almost like, yeah, the scenes where 
the scenes where nothing particular happens. Right, right. Okay. In this bit, I asked Elizabeth to share what she hopes in an ideal world readers might think or feel after reading. I would say, you, you know, I, I feel happy because a, a lot of people who have read it describe their uh, perception of it, and it's exactly what I want, which is this kind of eerie story. Some describe it as kind of like disturbing in a way that they can't quite pinpoint. Um, so I would say that I would say eerie is the overall feeling that I was kind of aiming for. And also what I really wanted to create was this sense of nostalgia that institutions like like colleges and other similar institutions create. It's kind of nostalgia even while you're there. And it's also it's almost like a dark side of nostalgia. So mm. I wanted, it's a very strange, particular feeling, but it's really powerful. And I really wanted to kind of try and create that over the course of this book. And some readers have said that they kind of get this, and that makes me really happy because it, it's it's hard to describe in even just one word, but <laughs> you can do it in a book. Yes. <laughs> okay, so the second book on my list is The Thrilling Read, and this is His and Hers by Alice Feeney. Now, this was another 2022 release, and His and Hers is set in the village of Blackburn. It's set in the UK. And in this village, a woman is murdered and a news broadcaster, Anna, is kind of a bit hesitant to report on the case. And then we meet a detective whose name is Jack, who becomes a bit suspicious of Anna's involvement, but soon finds himself as a suspect in his own murder investigation. That bit was a bit bonkers. So this is a thrilling read. It's a psychological thriller. The narrators are brilliant. I thought it was, you know, really well done. It will keep readers guessing until you get to that shocking conclusion. So uh, ultimately, when you're reading this book, you're trying to decide whose story do you believe? Do you believe his story or do you believe her story? Now, if you're a fan of Alice Feeney, because at the time, her two previous books had done really well well. Sometimes I lie and I know who you are. So obviously, if you're a fan of Alice Feeney, you'll gravitate to this book. However, I felt this book was similar to The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn, as well as An Anonymous Girl by Greer Hendricks. So if you're a fan of either of those two books, I think um, I think you'll enjoy this one, His and Hers by Alice Feeney. So again, I want you to hear it straight from the author herself. So let's get into His and Hers with author Alice Feeney. So in this bit, I asked Alice to tell us about her novel, His and Hers. So His and Hers is another dark and twisty thriller. I think those are my favourite kind of books to read. So they're my favourite kind of books to write. And this one is all about um, two main characters and we get to hear from both of their points of view. So her point of view is, is told by Anna Andrews, who is a BBC News correspondent who gets sent to cover quite a grisly murder in a sleepy British village called Blackdown. And his point of view is all about DCI Jack Andrews. And Jack used to be quite a big shot detective in London. And now he's moved to this rural, very quiet, sleepy village in the British countryside. But everything isn't quite as it seems. And we, we get to see what happens from both of their points of view. And it could be that one or both of them might not be telling us the truth about what's going on. 
And I guess I just want readers to have a little bit of fun and see who they believe throughout the story and whether they choose to believe his point of view on, or, or hers. I also asked Alice to tell us about the characters Jack and Anna. I'm, I'm very fond of Jack, but then I think I'm very fond of all of my characters, even the ones who aren't always too popular with everybody else. And I think that's because I spend so long with them. I spend so long thinking about books before I write them. So by the time I come to sit down and write the story, I know these guys so well. They're quite real to me. And and Jack, oh, he, he's he's... Without giving too much away, he is the way he is because of things that have happened to him in his life previously. And there are always reasons why people behave the way they do, even if that behaviour isn't very nice at the time and we don't understand it at the time. And Jack, I just he keeps just getting things wrong. He keeps just slipping up and he, he doesn't look as good as he used to look and he knows it and he isn't quite as quick or as smart or as on the ball as he used to be and he knows that too and he's just reached this age where things haven't gone quite according to plan in his life and it might be that they're going to take a little twist for the worse. Poor Anna. Again, Anna lived inside my head for a very long time before I wrote her and she was quite loud and quite, quite insistent that her story should be the one that I should write next but she has had a difficult time Anna is a worker bee Anna has spent her whole life working really really hard trying to prove herself trying to work her way up the career ladder from the very bottom rung with very little help and she finally gets there she finally has this dream job that she's wanted for so long she's presenting the BBC news to millions of viewers and then it's taken away from her and she is demoted and that is the worst thing she can imagine after all the horrible things she has already been through in life. To top it off, she gets sent to Blackdown, somewhere she never really wants to go back to. She has to face her ex-husband. She is confronted with a murder, which is of someone that she used to know. Um, and I, without, again, giving too much away, <laughs> it's, it's such a twisty story what happens to them both. Um, and I felt guilty at times. I felt guilty for what was happening to them. But, um, but, but that was the story and that was the way it played out. And, and we, we, everyone will get to see what happens in the end if they're kind enough to read the book. I was really curious about Alice's inspiration for his and hers. So here she shares her inspiration for the story. So Anna was in my head for quite a long time and I was very fond of her um, and I kept thinking about her and her story and her background and, and what had happened to her and what she wanted to happen in her future. And then I remember there was one day uh, two years ago when I went for a walk and I was working on a completely different novel at the time and um, without really meaning to and I think this happens quite a lot the idea popped into my head and Anna's story combined with someone else's story that I've been thinking about a lot as well. And I had one of those lightning moments that I think authors occasionally have that are very exciting, where you realise that this, this is exactly how this story is supposed to be told. Um, and in terms of the setting, I, I live in quite a... I live in countries, British countryside myself. I have woods just outside my window, which I can see now, even as I'm talking to you. <laughs> and so I walk in these, I walk in these woods every day with my dog, and I write with my dog. And he's this big, giant black Labrador who is scared of absolutely everything, including feathers. So if we walk through the woods, and even a leaf were to fall from the tree, he gets very jumpy and scared. So I think that's that fear. On a daily basis, as I walk my dog through the woods, may have led to the ideas of, you know, things that could happen in the woods and 
Blackdown Woods in particular, which is not a real place, but is sort of built from lots of different places I've visited over the years. And you have these little thoughts that you stitch together and eventually you end up with a novel, hopefully, at the end of the day. Um, and this was just one of my favourites to write because it was so much fun to write. and It was so twisty and I felt quite naughty writing it because I always <laughs> knew what the ending was going to be. Um, and I'm just delighted that other people have hopefully enjoyed reading it as much as I enjoyed writing it in the first place. And I ask Alice what she hopes in an ideal world readers might think or feel after reading His and Hers. I feel like with His and Hers, um, I'm inviting readers to jump on a roller coaster ride with me. And I think there are going to be some twists and there are going to be some turns. It might get a little bit dark from time to time and we might all feel a little bit scared. But I hope by the time we get to the end of the ride, we've all had a good time and uh, we can look back fondly at the experience we just had. I just hope people enjoy it. I hope it's a fun, twisty, slightly dark story that will keep people guessing. It's like a puzzle, like one of those puzzles you, you really want to try and solve. Okay, the third book and the third author I'll be sharing with you today is The Witchy Read, and this one is entitled Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. Now, this was a book that was released in 2020, but the novel itself was set in the late 1800s, and we meet three sisters who use witchcraft to reshape history amidst the suffragette movement. So we see these women as they join the suffragists of New Salem. And in the book, the three sisters transport you into forgotten wells and we see ancient magic and how it helped to transform the women's movement and how that in itself evolved into the witches' movement. But of course, along the way, we see the external forces that are trying to suppress their power. Now, this is a witchy read, and it's a bit of a heavier read, and it's really focused on women and just the strength of women and the resilience of women. But at the same time, we also see the history, um, although an alternative history of the women's suffragist movement, we also see themes of motherhood and revolution and again, just resilience of women. Um, I think it's a really good book if you're a fan of the author, because at the time she had written The 10,000 Doors of January, which in my opinion, I thought was an incredibly popular book. It did really well. I loved that book. And this one was more of a serious book in comparison to The 10,000 Doors. And now, present in 2023, Alex has a new book called The Starling House. And I absolutely adore that novel. I personally feel The Starling House is her best yet. Um, I recommended it in the 2023 Fall Reading Guide. If you haven't downloaded your free copy, visit fallreadingguide.com and download it there. Uh, but yes, absolutely adored The Starling House. It was absolutely brilliant. But so was Once and Future Witches. So I would say if you're a fan of A Secret History of Witches by Louisa Morgan, or even, though slightly different, The Gollum and the Ginny by Helen Wecker, I think you'll enjoy Once and Future Witches. So again, enough from me. Now I want you to hear from Alex herself as she shares Once and Future Witches. 
So Alex, tell us about Once and Future Witches. I sold the book on a three-word pitch, suffragists, but witches. So like, that's it. And if that appeals to you, if you're instantly like, yeah, I want to see people fighting for the vote, except they have witchcraft and they can hex people, then this is kind of like, that's the vibe. You're in the right place. Um, Other than that, it's sort of like got some tangled sister relationships and family, you know, sort of inherited trauma stuff. It's got a lot, like a lot, a lot of anger which I maybe didn't realize as I was drafting, but sort of early reader reviews have gotten back to me and been like, uh, so this is like a really upset book. And I was like, well, I guess I'm existing as a woman post-2016. I guess I'm pretty upset. Yeah. So, you know, it's got that whole edge to it. And I would say it's it's darker and heavier than my first book for anybody who read The 10,000 Doors, but it is ultimately, I hope, striking a hopeful note. I asked Alex to tell us about the three main characters in the book, the Eastwood sisters. Okay, so they're sort of like, I'm trying to strike a balance with the three of them between being sort of these archetypal witch characters and being like actual real humans. So their archetypes are kind of fall into maiden, mother, and crone. So the youngest is Juniper. She's like ostensibly the maiden. Uh, She's the wild one. The middle one is um, Agnes who is supposedly the mother, and she's the strong one. And then the oldest one is Beatrice, and she's the wise one, and she's the crone. Um, But they're also, like, I I realized that's where I started with them, and the places where I kind of came to love each of them is sort of in the places where they don't fulfill those archetypes, you know? Like, I like the strong one the most when she shows weakness and needs other people. And I like the wise one the most when she... um, you know, like, makes foolish decisions for her heart rather than her head. And I like the wild one the most when she finally ever so slightly learns to make decisions based on other people rather than her impulse that very second. Although, you know, does she? I don't know. So they're also, like, to be perfectly honest, they're also kind of, like, three versions of myself, right? Like, I have a very bookish academic side, and I have two kids. I'm a mom, and I think a lot about, like, kind of doing the work for your family And then I'm also kind of an idiot, like the youngest one. So like all those together are me. Um, So picking a favorite is hard. I think while I was writing, I liked Juniper the most, Mm -hmm. the youngest, the wild one, because um, like you need a shit stirrer to move your plot along. She's really useful. She just shows (laughs) up and like throws a metaphorical Molotov cocktail into the middle of the plot. And you're like, thank you. All right, we're done with the meeting. Let's go. (laughs) Um, But retrospectively, I do, I think I like Agnes the most because that's where I am in my life. Like I have young children, her fears are kind of my fears and I I wish that her strengths could be mine too. Right, right. Okay. And I asked Alex to share what she hopes in an ideal world readers might think or feel after turning the last page. Um, I don't know. It's dangerous to hope for reactions because like you're not in control. Once it, once it meets readers, I feel like they own it. Um, but I guess I guess it is sort of that that sense of sort of like beleaguered and um, cornered, but also hopeful. It's kind of the way that I've been the best that I can feel post twenty sixteen, and particularly post twenty twenty, is sort of that like 
we are all trudging through this together. And if there are enough of us kind of linking arms, maybe we can change the world just a tiny bit for the better. Mm -hmm. Just sort of this, I guess, solidarity maybe is what I hope that they would feel. Alrighty, readers, there you have it. A gothic, a thrilling and a witchy read. Just for a quick recap, the three authors who I pulled from the archive to share their books are Elizabeth Thomas, author of Catherine House, Alice Feeney, author of His and Hers, and Alex E. Harrow, author of Once and Future Witches. Now, I know this might sound silly, but I really didn't realise that all three books and all three authors that I pulled from the archive all these three books were released in 2020. And, you know, the world was in upheaval at that time. There was a lot of uncertainty, but books were still being published. And I know that quite a few books went under the radar. So in a way, I'm kind of happy that I could kind of just bring these three authors and these three books kind of back to life. So just in case you missed a book or two or all three of these books, well, they're new to you books and I hope you'll give them a go. I hope even if you read these books, then listening to the authors share about it gave you a bit of insight. Or maybe there are books sitting on your bookshelves and this episode and hearing the authors share just reminded you, oh, hey, haven't read that one yet. And you're able to grab it off your TBR. But as always, readers, thank you so much for being here. If you're listening and you haven't done so already, consider giving the podcast a five-star rating. And if you have a little extra time, leave me a review as well. It really helps the show and it keeps me going. Alrighty, I think that's it. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Reader's Couch podcast. Please subscribe to the show, share it with a friend and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review. Until next time, stay lounging, stay reading and whenever you're in doubt, go straight to your local bookstore or library. Thanks again for listening and happy reading.